Well, good morning, church. It's good to be in church this morning. If you believe that, say amen. amen. We're going to continue our ser- uh, sermon series today, and uh, uh, we're better together. I believe that. Do you believe that today? Say it with me. Better together. Today, we're going to talk about how we help each other grow. You ever think about that? How can we help each other grow? You know, I'm truly honored to be, uh, to be the new pastor of this church, and and uh, every week I learn something, and I'm learning, I mean, it's really, it's hard on an old country boy like me, but uh, God has been so gracious to me. I uh, was reading a story this week about a man who went to the doctor, uh, and so he goes in to see the doctor, and the doctor said, why are you here? And he said, doc, he said, I'm having trouble snoring. <laughs> Nobody relates to that, right? He said, well, uh, is, it, is, it, is it wife? Is your wife getting on you about that? Is it, is it upsetting her? He said, no, but everybody else in the congregation is getting pretty torqued about it. <laughs> I truly believe that we are better together. And I believe that our lives are impacted by each other. Um, as Christians, you know, we start out, we make a profession of faith, and we follow Jesus, and and we want to be more like him. And we do that by coming to church, by studying the word. We pray together and we seek God's will. Because each one of us, God is using us and he will use us if we will allow that. And God wants us to grow in character. And as we've talked about in the last few weeks, he wants us to grow spiritually walking with others. I found a passage of scripture in 1 Thessalonians that uh, I'm not going to read a whole lot of scripture uh, in one reading this morning. This is the uh, text. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica, and here's what he said. Therefore, encourage each other and strengthen one another as you are doing. Therefore, encourage one another. Strengthen one another as you are doing. Pray with me. Father, we've come to you this morning, and I pray right now that you would just be with me, Lord. Give me the words to speak. God, I just pray they go out and and that you would lead us and that we would leave here today. Be encouraged. It's such a great message, the message of Jesus Christ. What an honor it is to stand in this place. May you bless it in Jesus' name. All of God's people together said, amen. So how are we supposed to help each other grow? You know, words are a powerful thing, aren't they? What we say can impact others positively or negatively. Uh, I know whenever uh, people say something, sometimes, you know, they can say something just suck the life out of you, seems like. Anybody ever experienced that? And then they can say something else that just as encourages the far out of you. You know, sometimes I go to the mailbox and, and there'll be a card in the mailbox. You ever do that? Burlington Baptist Church is wonderful with card ministries. And there'll be something that'll encourage you. But words have meaning and they have impact on us. And I believe that the way that we can help strengthen each other and encourage one another and help each other grow, the first way that we can do that is by affirming each other's self-worth. Here's something that you might not know, but in today's society, I think we have a lot of issues with self-worth. There are a lot of people that do a lot of crazy things. If you don't believe me, turn on the television and watch some of these reality shows and watch what people will do just to get affirmation and applause. I mean, they eat the craziest stuff. You guys ever watch those shows? You know what I'm talking about? We all want to be encouraged, and we all need affirmation of our self-worth. I read where a study of 200,000 employees was taken. 
And they were interviewed, and, the, and these corporations were wanting to know what was the missing ingredient in the productivity. You know what the number one answer was? Appreciation and affirmation was, was at the top of this list. People like to be appreciated. We like that. And you know, as Christians, we should affirm each other. The word affirm means to offer emotional support or encouragement. We shouldn't be beating each other down. We should be encouraging one another. Amen? One way to affirm, is, as the Bible teaches, is to encourage. You can help. It'll help our relationships with our husbands, our wives, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, our kids. I read a story about a child who had a physical disability, and it caused her to be ridiculed and teased by all the other children. Her name was Mary, and she believed that no one outside of her family could ever love her. That was until she reached Mrs. Leonard's class. Mrs. Leonard had a round face, and she had eyes that kind of beamed. In the 1950s, it was common for teachers to give their children an annual hearing test. However, because of Mary's situation, she was barely able to hear out of one ear. Determined not to have another difference with the rest of the children, Mary would cheat on this test every year. What they did was they walked up to the door in the classroom... It was called the whisper test, and the teacher would whisper something, and they would cover one ear, and then they would repeat what the teacher said. Mary had this down. She had done this before, this cheating on this. She didn't want to be different. As she walked to the door, Mrs. Leonard, who would normally say, what color is the sky? Or she would say something like, uh, what color are your shoes? But this day, God gave Mrs. Leonard seven words that forever changed Mary's life, and she said this, I wish you were my little girl. I wish you were my little girl. And you know, that's exactly how God is today. Speaking to us, he wants us to be his child. I can hear him saying that. You say, well, how do you know that? You see that cross behind me? That's how I know. God sent his son to die on a cross. Listen, if you're here today and you feel like there's no value in your life and you feel like that you've been defeated, I want to tell you something. I want to give you hope today, and the hope is in that cross of Jesus Christ. God sent his son to die on a cross for every human being. Isn't that amazing? Because you are of value. You are someone that God loves. And we need to affirm to each other. The second way that I think we can help each other in the church is by acceptance. Now, this one gets a little touchy. Romans 15, verse 7 says, Therefore, accept each other in the same way that Christ accepted you. He did this to bring glory to God. Acceptance. Accept others as Christ has accepted you. How did he accept you? Sandy Scroggin yelled this out in the first, well, not as much as she can yell. She spoke this out. How's that? She said, Christ accepted her just as I am. And you know, that's exactly right. And you know what? We should accept other people the same way. Just as I am. I remember as a kid growing up in the Baptist church, I lived over in Cincinnati. We lived in a community, uh, Edwards Road, Rookwood Common. It wasn't like that back then. It was stick houses and where we lived, and a lot of folks worked in factories. We had a little Baptist church there on the corner, 
And I remember going to this church, and it was back in the 60s. Now, some of you may not remember the 60s, you're not old enough, but I, it was a time to be had, wasn't it? Some of you may not remember it and was there. Huh? You far out, man. But here's what I remember. Listen to me. This is, this is a true story. I remember we went to church one Sunday morning, and we sang that song, Just As I Am. Week after week, I mean, I knew, I knew what page number it was on. I'd ripped it out of the hymnal and got a spanking over that one time. You don't forget stuff like that. And we were there on a Sunday morning, and back in the day, back in the 60s, there was this cultural thing going on, and we had this thing called hippies. And I remember it was like, these guys were like, you know, cool for a nine-year-old. And I remember one Sunday morning, a hippie walked into our church. And I remember looking, thinking, man, Jesus is here. (laughs) And I'm thinking, this is really cool. Well, here's the deal. Came down, the preacher preached the message, gave the invitation. And you know what? That young man went forward. And he knelt at the altar. And they prayed with him. And he got up and they said, he's accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he was grinning. I remember seeing, he was beaming, man. It was so cool. And I was a little kid, you know, and I was just checking this out. And I'm thinking, this is really cool, man. I like this, you know. And like all good Baptists, we went to Frisch's after the church was over. <laughs> got down there. We were sitting there. And like all good Baptists, one of the ladies looked over and said, well, I'll tell you what. If he sticks around, he's going to have to get that haircut." And I'm sitting there thinking, what happened to the just as I am thing that we just sang? You see, Jesus accepted people. And as Christ followers, we too should accept people. Because God sent his son to die for people. And Romans says, accept each other the same way Christ accepted you. Instead of to choose to snub people and belittle people and demean people, which is really easy to do, isn't it? I don't know what's up with that, but it is, especially when we're having a bad day. How about we try to lift them up? One of the things that I notice is that, personally, sometimes we want to push people down with the strengths that we have and pick out what they have, which is something that's different than ours. Do you know what I'm trying to say right there? I mean, if it comes easy for you, it's easier to point it out to somebody else, but they may have something that's different than yours. To push our strengths off on other people and to snub them. You know, like you may have somebody, you may be a very organized person, so it's easy for you to pick on slobs, right? Or somebody that's not organized, right? I mean, that's what we do sometimes. Whatever our gift is, we should never use it to think of ourselves to be better than our fellow man. Jesus didn't do that. I remember when I got into the music, and I, you know, piano was my life for a long time, and, and I still love the piano. I think it's the greatest instrument in the world. I love you guitar players, but I'm sorry. Piano is the greatest instrument that God ever made on this earth. And I remember studying with people. That's my opinion, by the way. I remember studying with people, or I'd meet somebody that was one of my idols that played, you know, and one of the things I remember was sometimes that was pleasant, sometimes it wasn't. And you know why? Because some people would snub another person because they weren't as good as you were. And I vowed to myself I would never do that if I had the opportunity and I ever got to where I could play. We should never use our gifts, whatever they are, to belittle our fellow human beings. There's a better way to feel about ourselves, and that is instead of putting people down, lift them up. Lift them up. 
Encourage one another. We're not all helping others to feel better about themselves, but, but it helps you on the inside. You remember what Jesus said, that do unto other thing? Remember that? Do unto others as you would do. Have them do unto you. The Bible speaks about doing unto others and encouraging. Romans 14, Paul was writing, and here's what he said. Why do you criticize or despise other Christians? Everyone will stand in front of God and be judged. Yeah. And then he goes on, and that's verse 10 and verse 12 of that same chapter. He says this, all of us will give an account of ourselves to God. God made us, and he is our Father. He lifts us up, and he affirms us in Christ. So who am I to put somebody down? Amen? Now, be very clear on this. Accepting people, Jesus accepted people. Throughout the Gospels, it, I love to read the Gospels, and I love the red, Joey. Reading the red, man, it's awesome. But you know, one thing Jesus did not do, he never condoned sin. He loved the sinners, sat with the sinners, but he encouraged them to change. If you think about it, God doesn't put us down. He tries to lift us up. He gives us hope. He gives us help. In him we find strength. David said, God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Who's the one that puts us down? Who is the one? Who's the accuser? Who's the one that tries to ruin your day in the morning? Satan. Satan, yeah. Think about it. Satan himself. So if we are doing that, same thing, whose work are we doing? That's kind of strong, isn't it? See, the fact that we're all different. Think about your gifts. The fact that you have gifts, I have gifts. We're all different, but it helps us to grow together, and we shouldn't put each other down. We should use them to enhance each other. The first step of helping others is acceptance. We can't help someone grow and reject them at the same time. Jesus gave us that example. Another way to affirm self-worth is to give attention. This is tough on me right here. I'm not real good at attention. I can't be still long enough to be attention. You know, me and my wife, she, she's here today over here. She's always here, but sometimes she's back in the kids' department, so I got to behave. I gotta, it, gets, it got to the point in our marriage where she would do this. Hey, Kent, over here. <laughs> I'm talking to you over here. None of you guys, none of you men have that problem. You guys all got that down, right? Cheer. Think about what happened since you've walked through the door. We all like attention, and I hope it's happened here, and we work really hard at Burlington to do this, and that is to make you feel welcome and to have you know, attention. You've got friends that go here. You came, I stood in the, the door over here during the first service, just stood there and shook hands and watched as it happened. I was just wanting to see what was going on because a lot of times I get caught over in other places. But hopefully since you've walked in the door, you've been greeted, you've been welcomed, you felt special, maybe, to a little extent, maybe. Somebody gave you attention. What would happen if you just stayed home? You see, we were made for fellowship and community. What is the greatest gift that we can give to someone? Is it diamonds? Is it money? Those things are, are there's nothing wrong with those things. But I think the greatest gift that we can give, and I think the greatest expression of this gift is time, is, you know, love, attention. 
spending time with people. I, uh, I worked in corporate America, and I was a million-miler flyer. I used to run in, me and Laura used to run into each other and Steve at the airport on Fridays. I flew a lot. And I remember when I came home, I had two, two little girls and a wife, and I come home on Fridays, and I remember my kids, you know, they'd meet me at the door. Um, and, 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 you know, I, the littlest one, she collects pens, and I would stop at every airport. I would, do, I would go through the airports, and I would pick up these, we call them floaty pens, but they're pens where you turn them like this, and they got like the Eiffel Tower, an airplane, whatever, whatever terminal I was in, I would buy these plants. We're moving. We're trying to move. We're, we're packing. There's 291 of those pens in a basket. Four bucks a, ch- a whack on that. I remember buying those and bringing those home. When she'd meet me at the door and she'd say, Daddy, did you get me a pen this week? And I'd give her the pen, and that pen would wind up on the floor. You know what would happen? Or wind up on the counter or something. What would really happen at that moment was she wanted to be with me. She wanted to be with me, and she wanted my undivided attention. We'd start off, and she'd tell me about her week, and she'd tell me about her grades, and she'd tell me about this. And then we'd, go, we'd wind up to the piano where we usually wound up in a fight. and didn't last too long after that because she wanted me to show her something, and I didn't have patience. I regret that today. But time is important to spend with your spouses, with your kids. Listen to me. I'm an older guy. I'm not old, old yet. I'm getting there. You can't make it up, man. Spend time with them. Dr. Herschel Wilson talked about the, the quality of time and what we do with time, and here's what he said. God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or I can use it for good. But what I do with it is important because I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. Sometimes I just don't get that, and I'm working harder on that. The Christian missionary William Ward said, we master our minutes or we become slaves to them. We can affirm people by taking time with others and just looking them in the eye. You know what that says? You know what that says when you look somebody in the eye? You take the time to do that? It says, I value you. You're important to me. I don't like talking to people who won't look me in the eye. I just, that bugs me for some reason. Usually I'll go, hey, over here. (laughs) I've done that before. Diane will go, stop it. But God pays attention to us, and we can affirm people by paying attention to other people. Think about it. Every time you pray, every time you stop, every time you whisper a prayer, you have God's attention. You know, We need to spend more time together. Kids don't need more toys, basically, most of the time. They need time. A lot of marriages, they don't need more stuff. They need more time together. A lot of friendships need more time. People need affirmations, and as Christians, we can do that. We can help each other. Another way that we can help each other grow is to show appreciation for one another. And uh, you guys have been great. I'm not telling you that to do this for me. (laughs) I'm talking about doing it with your brothers and sisters. You guys are wonderful to me. There's not hardly a day goes by that I don't get a phone call, a text, some sort of an email or something since I took this job. You guys have been wonderful. But here's a thought. When was the last time, and just in this situation, 
here at the church on Sunday, when was the last time you told an usher thank you for what you do? Or when was the last time you thanked one of our deacons for serving? Or maybe the custodians that work around here that make this place look so nice when we come in. Maybe the Sunday school teacher that teaches your child. When was the last time you said, thank you for what you do, I appreciate you? Or how about the uh, mothers of preschoolers folks that work? When was the last time you thanked them? How about the musicians? Aren't we blessed around this place to have all these pickers and singers? I mean, each week you never know who's going to get up and sing next. I can tell you a couple that ain't going to get up. I know that's not good grammar, but I thought that was good. Seriously, we need to encourage one another, appreciate one another. There are so many people that do so many things, and not just here, through the week. What about the kids, the teachers that were getting ready to start school that teach your kids? That's a big responsibility. When was the last time you thanked a teacher for what they do? The Bible says, brothers and sisters, appreciate those who work hard among you, who lead you in the Lord. And then one of the biggest ways to help someone as a new pastor, again, I'm not asking you to do this, but uh, I think it's important uh, that that we do that is to encourage one another. But one of the biggest ways, and I want you to do this for me, is pray for for one another. That is one of the, the gifts that I didn't take advantage of as a Christian for a long time. Oh, I prayed, but it wasn't until, I don't know, probably my first year of college that I joined a group and we started praying intentionally. And when you pray intentionally, things will happen. This church is a direct result of that. I think about it every Sunday morning when I walk in this place and I see what God's doing here. We're supposed to pray for one another. And, uh, you know, um, it's really cool if you take a, and start a journal with your prayer life. Write down. Because sometimes you won't believe what happens in, when you see the results when you're praying for something. There's a passage of Scripture in Colossians that I found interesting when I was looking up prayer this week. You know, there's a lot of Scripture that says pray without ceasing, pray for one another, encourage one another. This passage of Scripture is in Colossians 4 and it's verse 12. If you read the verses before that, it talks about some different people and different gifts and different things that they're doing. But when it comes to verse 12, here's what it says. Epaphras, a servant of Christ Jesus from your city, greets you. He always prays intensely for you. Isn't that neat? This guy was known for praying intensely for people. He prays, here's what, he's he's specific too, he prays that you will continue to be mature and completely convinced of everything that God wants. Now you don't see his name among some of the, that's the first time I remember reading about him. I know I've read it before, but I didn't remember him. But what a great servant of God, what a great thing to be known for praying for people. That's another way we can help each other grow, isn't it? And this is a great example. When was the last time you prayed for someone's spiritual growth? I know I'm asking pointy questions, but but truthfully, let's get personal about it. When was the last time I prayed for somebody's spiritual growth? Oh, I never thought about that. This guy is amazing. He's praying for people to grow spiritually. What if we use that example 
in our lives in this church. I believe we'd probably have to knock the walls out. Ephesians 3 shows another scripture referencing prayer, verse 18 and 19. He says, this way with all God's people, you will be able to understand how wide, long, high, and deep his love is. You will know Christ's love, which goes far beyond any knowledge. I am praying that you may be completely filled with God. The next time somebody crosses your path, somebody steps on your toes... The next time somebody makes you mad, I challenge you to pray that prayer. I pray that you will be completely filled with God. If that don't work, pray it for yourself. You know what? I've shared this story with you, I think, once. I had a person that, that I really got sideways with in my life. It was back in the late 80s. I mean, it was bad. It was a, it was a situation where it was a friend, and it, and it totally it totally cut in half, the friendship did. Communication was completely cut off. Both of us Christians, kind of like Paul and Barnabas, we just had to separate for a little while. But I didn't like him. I loved him, but I didn't like him. Didn't like what he did. So you know what I started doing? And this is not me. Trust me, I know me. <laughs> I started praying for him every day. I was traveling, had my little routine. I had my, my bag that I carried all my stuff in. I had a Bible in that bag, and in the back of that Bible, I have a list of names that I would pray, and people would say, hey, Kent, will you pray for this? Pray. And I put him in that list, put him at the very top. And when I first started doing it, I'm not sure I really meant it as I prayed for him. I'm just being honest with you. But you know what happened? <laughs> After about four months of praying for him, I started kind of feeling, for, feeling sorry for him. You know, thinking, man, you know, we had a lot of good times together. What's up with that? And the Holy Spirit began to move in my heart and move in my life. And I thought, this ain't right. People are watching us. People know about this. It needs to be fixed. The Bible talks about that too. And one day out of the blue, I got a phone call. Guess who it was? It was him. And he had been on the other side doing a, a program. And in that program, he was supposed to call people that he had wronged to make them right. So here I am, my heart's tender because I've been praying, trying to help him out. He's calling me and we're both squalling like a bunch of little kids. And we resolved it. Only God can do that. Only God can do that kind of, of healing. Pray for each other. That's another way that we can grow together. Hebrews 13, 21 says, May this God of peace prepare you to do every good thing he wants. And may he work in us through Jesus Christ to do what is pleasing to him. Glory belongs to Jesus forever. Amen. You see, what we do, especially those kinds of things, I tell you that because, I tell you that because it's possible. I don't tell you that for my glory because I can tell you I didn't want to do that at the beginning but I'm so thankful that it happened because you know what he died two years ago Romans 15 says may the God the source of hope fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit you see that by the power of the Holy Spirit by doing this we not only we will only 
we not only will let others help others, but we are growing spiritually in our own lives as we develop our prayer lives. As we grow, we make mistakes. <sighs> Anybody here hate making mistakes? So just, we just blame it on somebody else, right? I hate making mistakes. And my wife will tell you that. She says, you know, so what? Everybody makes mistakes. But as we grow, we make mistakes. And, you know, as a pastor, I've already made some mistakes. But I'm trying. I'm getting up and dusting it off and trying to learn. But here's the thing. We're supposed to admit our mistakes to one another. Now, this one gets a little bizarre because I don't want people knowing what I did wrong. What's wrong with you? Right? There's something about confession, though. There's something about when you tell a friend or you tell somebody and you get it off your chest. You know what it is? It's the beginning process of healing. Amen? It's a fresh start. When I was a little boy, I remember we used to play softball, and they'd throw the ball, you know, and I was, I was a musician. I never was very good in sports, and I'd usually miss it. And I'd say, that wasn't over the plate. And he'd say, yeah, it was. I said, no, I do it. that's a do-over. Do it again. Do-over. You know what a do-over is? That's what a do-over is, right? With God, we get do-overs. Aren't you glad of that today? Aren't you glad that the Lord lets us do things over? We get a new beginning when we make mistakes. Thank you, Jesus, for that. A fresh start. We had a gentleman that preached here one point, and he got up here and he shared some things, and it got pretty personal. And I had a person come to me after it was over and said, you know, I didn't really like that because I think he got, I didn't really want to know all that. And I said, well, you know what? He wanted you to know that. He needed to get that off his chest, and it's not about you. Hello. Come on. See, as Christians, we all need somebody that we can go to. I've got some people in this church, some of you men, you know who you are. You're some of my best friends in the whole world. I mean like an intimate thing. Think about it. Jesus did that. He had 12, but he pulled two or three away from time to time. And you've got friends like that, don't you? And aren't you glad of that? Absolutely. i got one friend in West Tennessee that could come up here and ruin me, you guys. He prays for me every day, and sometimes I call him, and it's like, you know, I need to talk to you, man. Let it grow, brother. Talk to me. We've been friends for 35 years, and I thank God for him. Thank the Lord for him. And I pray to God that you have somebody like that in your life. Healing comes from being honest because we can get a fresh start. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever covers over his sins does not prosper. Whoever confesses and abandons them, them receives compassion. Isn't that a good word? You change. You change. You get the power to change from the Lord. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the Lord's presence, and he will give you a high position. See, it's not in our strength that we do this stuff. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives gives us the power to change. And we have opportunities for a fresh start. And God empowers us to change. And God the Father wants us to commit to Jesus, to one another, to growing in his word and to serving in ministry. You see, I believe we are better together. I really believe that. And I can believe that we can help each other grow by affirming each other, by accepting each other, by giving attention. to each other by showing appreciation and then by praying 
These are the ways that I want to encourage you this week. Amen? We're going to go into a time of invitation right now. There's communion tables on both sides. The altar is open. I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing this song. Pray with me. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your message. I pray, God, that you be with us in this time. I pray, Lord, if there's someone whose heart's broken, somebody that needs affirmation, that today would be the day they would decide to follow you. So we ask you to be with us in this time. We pray it in Jesus' precious name. And all of God's people together said, amen.